podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. We're back. It's the Day Trippers. And, and and we're back. Yes, 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 yes. All right, uh, back again. It's the pre-seasons, the first one of the new season to kick it off. We've got the Klops, Clippity Cloppity Army heading off to the States at the this week. We've got a Huddersfield game. We've just seen the Wigan match. We've seen young Cock Woodborne there. Uh, born up with, with another goal and then we've also had um, Danny Inks pinging in another goal as well um, so tonight in association continued association with Munster Gadgets get on there for all your Cody box and Android boxes and all those type of boxes and smart watches and I think we've got two smart watches to give away um, and Neil still you need to give me the winner of the four slot of the tablet gaming machine anyway um, get on there MunsterGadgets.com um, there is a discount code I'll get Neil to tweet it from the account and you get your 10% off and of course they look after you very well there and on tonight we've got we're going to talk about the pre- the Liverpool preseason so far we're going to give our thoughts on the transfers we're also going to have a look at the other stuff um, um, the tour that's coming up and anything else that can pop into our head and literally when I say pop into our head you know me anything can pop into my head Anyway, without further ado, I'm handing over the host and duties to Steve-O tonight because I do need to step out for a bit. So, Steve-O, take this bad boy away and take it to town. Okay, so we're joined tonight by uh, Jim Boardman and uh, Paul Brennan, along with Phil, who will be along with us shortly. Um, so, first up, uh, Jim, we'll, we'll maybe pop into a, a quick review of the Wigan game um, yesterday and uh, get, get, a, get a few words from you on your, on your thoughts of how the game went. Yeah, I actually only got to see the highlights. Um, I was I was busy that day, you know. I mean, it's only pre-season, but I I like what I saw. Um, I mean, the the things that stood out are let's start with the negatives. One bad mistake from a goalkeeper that if that had been in the league game, we'd be starting. We'd name things after him for that. Um, <laughs> but after you know, we 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 would be call it the carriers, wouldn't we? We just never forget it. But it was a pre-season. We'll all forget about it soon. Um, and then I suppose at the other end of the scale, how good Coutinho looked because he just looked, he, he looked, considered it was his first game back, he looked like, he looked as sharp as anything. Um, and then just, you know, just just one other thing to mention is, is Ben, the, the the young lad, I mean, he's, uh, 
he's only 16 now. You don't want to big a player up when they're so young. You know, you don't want to kind of put too much pressure on them. But wow, if he, if that's a sign of things to come, I'm really looking forward to him in a couple of years' time. Oh, absolutely. How how calm does he look? Um, you know, he just looks unflappable um, for a 16 year old kid who's just getting his chance in in the in the team and and in around you know, established internationals and, and first team players and he's just grabbing it you know, the chance with both hands, isn't he? Um you've mentioned there about the uh the the mistake by Carius. Um yeah, I suppose if that's Mignole, he's getting absolutely pre season or no pre season, he's getting slaughtered for that. But um Carius has probably got himself a bit of uh, good grace for, for a few months anyway before we start ripping him to shreds. He's he's still got credit in the bank for yeah. not being Mignole, so yeah, yeah. just not <laughs> they, being Mignolet. Get away with a couple more. <laughs> absolutely. Um but you have to say, you know, if if you if you look at the game on the whole, and, and of course we can't read too much into it. We still don't have our full, you know, full squad of of uh, first team players back yet. It's against a Wigan side that really was only half a Wigan side because some of them, you know, alternatives played against Man United the day beforehand. But you know, putting all that aside, our lads have to go out and play, and they have to win, and they and they have to play the football that Klopp wants them to play. And to be fair to them, they look like they're enjoying it, and and they're putting his methods into into practice at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, I think Ings actually said something after the game. There was an interview with him where he was saying that he's had to kind of sit and watch you from the sidelines all last season while he was injured, and it's as if he's been dying to get into this, dying to, to start actually playing the way that he can see Liverpool have been playing. And I think you know it, it's reassuring that even he's managed to to get straight into this. And I think by the time we've had like this couple of months of pre-season, yeah, um, not quite a couple of months, you know, by the time we start the new season, they'll have. They've not just been training together; they've been playing together, and I'm really looking forward to the new season. Even even though we've still got, you know, what is it, nine or ten players still to come back. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we we I know I know there's worries about whether the squad's going to be big enough and, or, or good enough quality, but you know what, the players we've got have actually, you know, all things considered, considering it's preseason and everything else, you know, the, the, there's lots of promise there, and I'm. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Sorry, Jim, you were you were saying about um, about Danny Ings there and uh, and how he was uh, itching to get back into this side. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see Daniel Ings. He's, he's Danny Ings. Sorry, he's trying to get. He's desperate to get in. I think it's good to have competition as well for places because you know this is this is something I think we've we've not had at Liverpool properly for the last few few seasons. Is you want you know if there's if there's two players for a position that are fighting for that position. That surely makes the one who's on the pitch play better. It makes the one who gets a chance through injury or suspension or a bit of rotation play better when he comes in. And it just keeps it going and it's good for the team. And Ings, I don't know, we signed two players last summer, two strikers. Um, and I know I know Ben Tech has not played yet this preseason, but from what we've seen on this preseason, Ings was by far the better signing of the two strikers last summer. But we've yet to really see him properly for a full season, so this is this is his chance. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, I think most would agree that even Ings, before he got the injury that he got, um, was starting to look sharp in in that yeah. team last season. And uh, you can say what you like; preseason friendlies are not strikers like scoring goals. It boosts their confidence. You could see by the way he was bending his runs yesterday. You know, Danny Ings. You know, okay, he's not a global superstar, but he has it upstairs. He's he's a he's the sort of bloke that we always talk when we sign different players. We talk, oh, maybe that person will chip chip in with ten or fifteen goals a season. I think Danny Ings is somebody that you, you can genuinely get behind that and feel that there actually is 
10 to 15 goals in him next season and and he's someone that you can if if he's starting great if he's coming from the bench you're going you're not looking going oh for Christ's sake here mm. comes so and so you know what I mean you're looking at him thinking yeah here's a player that's going to get at people who's going to make the runs in behind defenses and who if given the opportunity can put the ball in the net and the, yeah that's um like I wasn't sure about Ings when we signed them but like the more you see of him, and especially like how sharp he is already at the start of preseason, he looks like he could have a, like a very good season for us. So, um, I think, I think yeah, I think he's a fantastic option to have, and he's he's gonna be like hungrier than ever after what happened to him last season, after getting his dream move and having it all kind of shot to shit with his injury. So, I, I think he'll hit the ground running straight away as soon as the season starts. Yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's a great opportunity for him, Jim. Jim, what do you think? You know. We we have to be careful because we've seen this all before with preseason, seeing the kids out playing. You know, we get our eye on one or two of them that we like, and all of a sudden, we all believe that that player is the most amazing player in the world. That we've seen enough of them that to justify they should get first team games or whatever it might be. But what do you think it is about this crop of of kids um, that are standing out? Because there is a few of them there, and and there's a few that are in there. But what makes them better? Than the likes of Canos or Pacheco or Suso or Iber, whoever it might be. You know, let's let's maybe leave Jordan I about that because he did go on to 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 get a first team career, albeit a short lived one. It's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, there's been there has been changes at the academy which were criticised yeah. at the time. You know, when when Rodolfo lost his job and and, and other changes that went on that were criticised. And I mean, to be honest with you, some of them have been around long enough that they kind of they've been there throughout that. They've seen both sides of that. I think. It's it's a lot of different factors, and I think I think maybe you know it's things are settling a little bit more now at the club, and I think whatever level of the club you're at, whether it's the academy or the first team, you need you need sort of you need to feel settled, don't you? Um, it's interesting that they're playing well now because they know each other. The interest, what will be more interesting is if there's just one or two of them getting slotted in and to see see how they play. Because there's there's a couple of things you notice in pre-season where you know the players know where where each other's runs going to yeah, be, they, yeah. where they're going to be, and you know, and and that's that's you know that's something you get from teamwork. It's getting them to do that when you know when they're the players slotted in amongst you know ten sort of season First team, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. But it, it, it's just it is just it is just promising, and I think. Um, to say what it's actually down to is difficult. Maybe also, don't forget, it's maybe we're getting better at, at scouting. So the players that we're bringing in, they're a kind of, you know, they've already had a couple of years at a club. Those sort of players that we're bringing in, maybe we're getting better quality against those as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and to be fair, um, as you say, it, you know, it is pre-season. They are playing football together. And, and the, you know, if they're playing 18s or 21s together, they do know, you know, the runs that each of them are going to make. One, one thing personally I've noticed you know, Cameron Brannigan has been touted as probably the player most likely out of all the youth players that we have to be the next one to take that step up. What do you think? It, I don't see it and, and I haven't seen it in the games I've seen him playing. Um, you know, maybe that's a lack of education on my part in terms of not having seen him enough. But I've seen him a few times when he when he played in cup games last year under Klopp and even in pre-season so far, he hasn't stood out to me. If you look at um, at the players that have stood out, like Woodburn, like Iaria, um, you know, and other people like that, you know, what, what what's your thoughts on Cameron Brannigan? Maybe you've seen a, a bit more of him than than, than we have. Um, I've actually not seen probably as, as much of him as you have, actually. I've not seen him at the academy at all, and I've, I've basically just, just seen what he's done in the first team. And I think... 
you've got that thing with players sometimes, though. You kind of, you know, the player that you get that Liverpool are always linked with as a really good YouTube video yeah. because he did five great minutes over the last season. You know, it could, it could be a touch of that. But what I have seen of him, he does, he does seem, he seems assured. He seems confident. Um, he doesn't seem phased by playing with the first team players. Yet at the same time, he's still he's still got a fair way to go. He is still quite young, and he's he's. He's played in the positions where he's not. He's got. He's got competition, hasn't he? You know, he's gonna. He's gonna struggle. I, I think to break in past the people in front of him. And so, they, but the weird thing is, there was there were rumours that Barcelona wanted him. Now, I don't. I don't know where the rumours came from. I never saw. I just literally got told by somebody, and it's yeah. probably all the nonsense. But it 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 does say. You know, it does say something that maybe you know maybe there's. Maybe that's what it is that about him. Maybe he's, he's more suited for a European game, and that's where the rumours came from. That people thought that, that that's what that's that's what he'd be good at. I, I've I've not I've not got anything to complain about with what I've seen of him. But I think say you you compare him to say Kevin Stewart. Kevin Stewart I think got rave reviews deservedly when when he played a few games last season um, because okay there were still some shortcomings in his game, but he looked again he looked confident and assured when he was thrown in. Whether you know, it's it's one thing though to have them thrown in as cover when you're short or when the rotation needs to be needs to be had. Um, to rely on them week in week out is a bit different, and I think I think a few of the players we're seeing now really really need to get out on loan for the season, and and and, and it's somewhere good as well, you know, not to be sort of dumped in the reserves like Wisdom was last year at, at Norwich, you know, to to get to play week in week out with coaches who play. Something like the way Liverpool want to play. Yeah, like uh, one of the things though is that Klopp has said he's not that keen on the loan system, hasn't he? He's, he said he's not really that eager to send people out. So that's, I won't say it's a concern, but he said, listen, how can they understand the way I want them to play and, and the way we play as a team if they spend their time out with another club? And looking at someone like Brannigan, okay, people are probably going to slate me for, for making this um, sort of, uh, what would you say, comparison. But you look at Brannigan, 20 years of age, He's not that young. Okay, yes, any player can can obviously develop from 20 to 25 a huge amount. But if you look at somebody like, let's take Steven Gerrard. Okay, let's take Xabi Alonso. Let's take um, Aaron Ramsey. Any of these players, by the time they were at the age that he is now, they were already making a name for themselves in a first team somewhere. Like Alonso was doing it at Sociedad. We signed him at 22 or whatever it was. At 20 years of age, Steven Gerrard was well established in the in, in the first team. Um, you know, the same with, with Aaron Ramsey, I would have thought. I'd, I'd have to go back and check. But there's plenty of players like that. And, and if Brannigan is our next big hope, you would have to think that it's this season is... is to see him either break in and make a proper maybe he replaces Joe Allen in that squad if 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 Allen's moving on but if he doesn't do it this year you have to wonder is he going to do it I think that that applies to a lot of players at this age that's definitely this is definitely the time when I mean you it was almost almost automatic with Liverpool in days gone by that you're either at 21 you either got your, your full professional contracts and kind of moved into the first team or they got rid of you mm. and I don't know I don't know if that's still the way now with Liverpool and I think you know there's, there's still a chance you can hang on a bit longer if you think there's hope for you um, but no I think it's got to be a really good hope for him and it, you, you're right this season's got to be the one whether he'll send them out on loan I think what's interesting is that when he arrived at Christmas and he said this about the loan plays is that he'd had no, no say whatsoever in where they went and what kind of football they might be playing and what True. kind of coach they'd have. Um, <laughs> this season, I think that's a bit different. And, you know, I mean, the link he's got to Huddersfield, for instance, you know, that's that's one place where I think you might see a few Liverpool, a few more Liverpool players go because he knows exactly, you know, he knows how they're going to play his mates running the club sort of thing. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's the... 
yeah. the difference, I think. Because um, as much as he says he doesn't like them going out on loan, it's the, the Premier League Reserve League is absolutely abysmal. You yeah, kind of hardly any games, great gaps in the middle of the season. Um, There's no continuity to it. Yeah, you're not even playing in front of a crowd or anything, really. You know, you're playing in front. Sometimes you're even just playing at the academy. Academy, the other. It's just, it, it's not, it's not experience. And I think unless unless he's got some magic plan where he can do more with them, I think he really does need to get them out on loan. But the key thing is to get them out where they need to be, where they'll develop. So with Brannigan, if he sends him out on loan, he should be able to send him out and say, "This is where I want him to work on. This is where I what I want him to get better at." And if the other club can't do that for him, then don't send him. You might as well keep him at your own play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see both sides of the loan arguments, really, because um, yeah, on one hand, like we have, we've had some shocking loans, like really in the past few years. There's been like you know players going out and you know on a three month loan or whatever and coming back after a few weeks because it just hasn't worked out for them. Um, like with the, there's been some mixed. Obviously, Jordan Ibe did really well at Derby, but I can see what he means. Where like you don't know what's going to happen. Like when you send, like a manager can tell you, yeah, give give me that player on loan and I'll play him every week and. You know, if he has one bad game, the manager's just going to drop him. So, um, but yeah, I do. I do think if he's not going to loan them out, then he has to take a big kind of chance on giving them game time because, like a player like Brannigan, will just stagnate if he's just on the bench and flitting between the reserves and the first team. Um, like I, I, with his own game, he, he really did impress at the youth level, but at the moment, he's a big kind of he's just a bit of a steady Eddie at first team level. So he he does need to make a step up, and it's just about how we can make him do that, whether whether he does need to keep him and take like you know, take a good chance on giving him proper game time or else like if, if he does have to try and loan him off somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree, I agree on that. I mean, I think what you said about play stagnating as well, it's 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 so difficult. I think personally I think I've stagnated for Liverpool last season. I think he he sort of had quite a quick path from 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 the kids to the first team, if you like, and he, and it looked so promising. He was really, really improving, and then to me last season, he kind of just stood still. Um, he needed to add more goals to his game. He needed to up certain things, and and he didn't do it. And I think if if I was a player playing in the Premier League last season for another club, and we'd said, "Oh, we're going to go and spend seventeen million on him this summer," there'd have been people up in arms about it. I don't think. We would have wanted. I'd have been one of them, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's just it's just same with Brannigan now. That all all young players or quite a lot of young players will hit a point where they stagnate, and it's it's vital to to not let that stay that case for too long. You know, I mean, just just work on it. And um, the, the the crop of youngsters we've got as well means that it's not just he's not just competing with first team players for a first team place. He's competing with people of his own age as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and you know, as as we said, it's it's one of those things. I think Jordan Ibe, one of the biggest problems he had was he never added any form of end product. You know, it might not yeah. have been goals, but he never really looked like a player who was going to tear defenses apart, and he never looked like a player that was going to, you know, add ten assists a season to his game. And and you know, if he wasn't adding goals, but he was doing the other things that either made him a dangerous person to have on the field fair enough but um but he didn't and i and i think we were right to move him on this summer um yeah hi guys oh, Phil's back. <laughs> hey phil <laughs> you all right? hi. um so yeah i suppose moving on from that you know we've seen this week um jürgen klopp has has come out and sort of put some fans in in their place in terms of uh transfer expectations he's basically just said you know you know you you guys want major signings that may not happen 
I'm the fucking manager. Leave it to me. You know, and I think that, I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing to see. I think that hasn't been said enough in the past. Um, and I think he's probably the one manager in a while, probably since Benitez, that you would feel has the fans backing or most of the fans backing in terms of trusting him. You know, if if, if Rogers had tried to have the summer that that Klopp is having in terms of players coming in and players going out, there would be an absolute you know meltdown and whilst people are still a little bit concerned I think I think they're and I am one of them that's that's trusting him to, to know what he's doing and putting the balance into the side I don't trust anyone I know that Phil <laughs> no I don't but that's because you're a narcissist I know <laughs> <laughs> no I don't trust anyone no, fucking, like seriously we, we've been here too many times I'm hoping that Klopp does something miraculous because the, like, <clears throat> we are we are fully engaging in the, this FSG idea of buying them young and turning them into superstars with, under Klopp I can understand the frustration and 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 the fears that fans have about not signing some recognised players or more recognised players. But at the same time, look, we've tried that; it hasn't worked. We've we've literally tried every combination now at this stage, and it hasn't worked. So I'm trying really going all in for for um, signing like unknown players and and relatively unknown players. Um, you know what? We, we we haven't done that though. We haven't done the, um, the going for the really top end because like Ben Teke to two and a half million. No, to me, no thirty million. That, that's the kind of money we're paying. They're our record fees. Mm. But maybe, I mean, maybe I'm dreaming too much here. Maybe we're saving the money because next summer we're going to get in the Champions League and we're going to go out and pay like sixty-five million pounds for whatever whatever next summer's Luis Suarez is. And I don't mean the Luis Suarez as in the one we bought. I mean Luis Suarez as in the one we sold. You know what I mean? The the the, the players that you would be mad not to buy if you had the money and they were in front of you. You know, and that that's something I don't think we've done too much of down the years. And maybe. You may, maybe we're kind of doing this thing where we kind of go somewhere in the middle and just lose anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's it's they're trying to follow the Arsenal model, really. If it, the Arsenal model when Arsenal were building their stadium and they could, didn't sign any B players, <laughs> they used the sign. Well, Arsenal, Arsenal didn't give Southampton forty million quid a season though either. <laughs> no, and I think I think he's the best manager. Well, more or less the best manager in the world that we could have in the situation that we're in. What we're trying to do, the kind of game of catch up we're trying to play. I just. I just don't know if it's going to be enough because of the amount of the amount of teams that just have a better starting position than us and who have better resources than us. I think it's a huge job for them. Um, I w- I wouldn't say that I don't trust them, but like I don't have this kind of blanket idea of oh that that looks like a shite sign and but trust Klopp like <laughs> you know like this yeah, made yeah. up kind of fella yeah. that we've signed yesterday, centre back and all like it. Ragnar. Ragnar, 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 the destroyer of worlds, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ragnar, Ragnar Lofbrook, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Ragnar, Kaplanum. What, what, what's his name? One of the Vikings. I don't know. Yeah, he was, I, I, he was honestly, one of the characters in the Vikings. By, by, the, by the end of next season, I won't know his name. I know. <laughs> just, you know, tall Estonian fella. They may as well just said like Stephen Colker, and we would have said, "Oh, fair enough. Yeah, we signed him, did we? Just to be backup centre back and never to play." No, no. I think he. I think he'll play <clears> games. Well, you'd have to. Yeah, because everyone else is injured. There's a chance I might play games. <laughs> um, but no, that's um, no. I, I think we have to. We have to just accept that the la- the problem has always been in the last few years. We well, a lot of people, and I've been one of them, said it. That there hasn't been balance or a sense of purpose to the signings we've been signing. It's mm. like we've been going out and just picking people. At random, because they were good. Yeah, you know as opposed I mean? to they were going to be good for what I wanted to do as yeah. a team. It's Klopp is looking okay. I, like it, one of the, and I've said this a couple of times here. One of the best things I heard him say, and it's so simple. He said, "I'm going." You know, when he when he signed matchup on the pre agreement, um, yeah. the the pre contract, and he said, "Well, we're looking to press teams really high up the pitch. Their natural reaction is going to be to get rid of that ball and get it down low." 
we need a big centre half there capable of winning a lot of balls in the air because we're going to be challenging at the halfway mm-hmm. line to put the ball back into their half. It just it made perfect sense. But rarely do you hear a manager come out and say, this is a player that I saw. He was available to us. I believe he has the qualities that I need for X, Y, Z because I want us to play in this fashion. And you just go, yeah. You know, just it just makes sense. N- never did I hear Rogers being able to explain why he bought Benteke. And I'm not going to turn this well, into he, a... He, uh, he just kind of said, well, he's going to add physicality and hold the ball up for us. But, like, obviously that was offset by the fact that he's absolutely shy. So would Emil Heskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, Emil Heskey would still add physicality and hold the ball up for us. I have a fucking huge arse. I'd add physicality to a point. I want to know, you know those, those things you have for kids, you know, like the blow-up men that you hit, that yeah. you punch repeatedly and yeah. you just put sand on the bottom? Yeah. You could just hit the ball at it. And I just hold it up and bounce it back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Blow you up, man. So, you know, from from that point of view, it, it was just nice to hear somebody going at it the right way, in my opinion. And and that's why, you know, I've just said to myself, for me, he can buy whoever he wants. Mm. Don't care if the per- And even with Mane, Mike, I had a couple of, you know, things to say about the price we paid. But, you know what, if that's what it took to get the player that he believed was right for the position that he wanted to fill, fair enough, because he's out there taking some other people. But can I say something? Yeah, and of course I, 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 it echoes back to what Jim said. I think there is, there is this desire to, for, to see us being able to compete at the top table. I'm not talking about on the pitch, I'm just talking about in signings because when you look at shit like United and stuff like that going out and spending a billion to euro, sterling, well, whatever it is nowadays. Right? Like, um, <laughs> 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 40 million boxes of cornflakes on, on whoever they want because they're prepared to spend thousands upon thousands more in wages on, on the players right yeah. sometimes you just want to say I don't want to hear about wage bills I don't want to hear about you know wage structures I just want to see a splash fucking 300 grand a week on a player I want to see us spend 48 million but that doesn't guarantee I don't want to see Andy Carroll in because the they, they most spent, expensive signing bracket ever before I understand that. that that would be nice just to get just to spend 36 million on somebody Anybody. just to get him out of there <laughs> blow you up man <laughs> yeah. But but no, like we we've seen with Di Maria, the prime example of going out and spending sixty million quid, huge wages. He was on whatever two hundred and fifty, three hundred grand a week, and he just didn't work. So so for me, all the fans getting themselves up in a fucking tizzy over it's the true fact though. That we're not I, doing no matter it. matter who we sign, even we spent five hundred million on signings this summer, right? And spent it like on big huge Champions League players. Fifty percent of them wouldn't work. Of course they wouldn't, and and I think part of. I could be wrong on this but maybe part of Klopp's mentality is if you're signing a player of 50 million quid or 40 million quid whatever it might be he comes with an expectancy in in terms of what he wants from the club and and Klopp doesn't tend to work like that Klopp and and I'm going to get slated for saying this but Klopp nearly is, is like Shankly in the sense of how he believed that the club was the primary element and everybody else there is there to serve the club and you know, whilst I'm not going to start making memes of Helmut Dumbos, um, you know, yes, you yes, you you're just going to publish them under somebody else's name and claim it's not you. I would never do that. No, not at all. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I think you sign a player for 250 grand a week and 40 million quid or 50 million quid. It's very hard to to maybe get the same work ethic out of them. That they, there's there's anomalies. There's the likes of Suarez who will just kill himself in a game of Balotelli. in a training match. Yeah. it doesn't matter. But I think when you start getting yourself into that point of 40, 50 million quid signings and three hundred grand a week, maybe you lose that little bit of of ability to get that extra ten percent out of them. And as well, like as like with with the reservations I have about kind of the way our transfers are going. 
the one the one good thing about Klopp is that he's, he's there's never going to be a Di Maria because in the first place I think United only got him didn't they because PSG kind of at the last minute said oh no we don't want him this year so yeah, United came in year. and uh, yeah like threw a lot of money at him yeah. and it, like it went kind of the way you'd expect something like that to go his heart wasn't in it <laughs> whereas like you hear like you, there's rumours now that Klopp pulled out of the Gotza deal like ages ago now before the Euros because, because, that, because that's because Gotza had all his donuts on him <laughs> before he even got to finish the day <laughs> look at that fat bastard I've got any more there Jürgen <laughs> <laughs> I want 250 grand a week <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a chubby chubby lad alright but there's, but there's been you know reports that they got to like Klopp felt he was just kind of keeping us on the the long finger so that if a move to Dortmund didn't materialise then he could come and Klopp pulled the plug so at least say at least that way it does lessen the odds of having a Di Maria on your books like you know a, like a giant expensive fella with earning a billion deal week <coughs> I, he, he just I do, can't produce I do wonder is that maybe some Liverpool fans story to tell themselves rather than just saying he looked at us and said you've been in the Champions League once in the last fucking eight years fuck off you know what I mean I think there could be an element of that because well, maybe yeah but, uh, but was, it, was it not in one of the papers one of the Merseyside journals or something not yeah, say, that, say that he pulled a, uh, like the, pulled the plug before the Euros or something maybe, maybe he did I'm just saying you know sometimes we can get uh, no listen Steve Liverpool fans wouldn't delude themselves like that okay? <laughs> <laughs> we don't say me didn't dump us you know? no, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> didn't want to shag we anyway. have, we've never been torn down by a player yeah. ever yeah. we yeah. always pull out yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> never, never wanted to be with those Victoria's Secret models anyway yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, so we've we've yeah, we we've got those links to one of them now that have that have come in over the last week or so. I, do you know what? I actually confused. I, 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 when we were linked to him, I thought it was somebody else. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really disappointed now when I found who it was. <laughs> I thought it was Van der Veel, the fullback. Oh, did you? Yeah. Why did uh, we want? Is he not a right back? I don't know. We can play both sides, but we could do with a backup right back. Yeah, we probably could rather than having to yeah. rely on. <laughs> then, then it was like oh no it's him no Wijnaldum had some brilliant games for Newcastle and early in the season looked very good but yeah like everybody was terrible for Newcastle last season that doesn't mean that they have 20 terrible footballers it just means that as a collective group they were corrosive and that, that happens <laughs> and you, you can see that in the past but Wijnaldum signing though says to me about the Mane signing because straight away there's been Oh, we didn't get Gutsu, so we went straight to Mane. And if you're looking at two players, you'd say, no. No, they were, they were no, targets they, they, for they don't, a they, few months. Like, you'd be like, they're going, you don't go from Gutsu to Mane. It's almost like two vastly different players. It's like yeah, going but, from Suarez you, to Ricky Lambert. Yeah. You never do that. never, ever do that. never do that. Like, you'd never say to yourself, I can bring in Ricky Lambert because Suarez is going. Yeah, we, we've just got rid of the third best player in the world. Clearly, the answer is Ricky Lambert Ricky and Lambert. Mario Balotelli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never do that. Never, never. Listen, Balotelli can still turn it all around. I've been saying it all so yeah. He just needs the right manager. Yeah, exactly. He just needs the right manager. He can so just get the best out of him. Jim, do you have any thoughts on Wijnaldum or have you seen much of him yourself? Or He's not the fullback now, Jim. <laughs> not, not Gregory Van Der Veen. I've not seen him, but I, I read a quote from Rafa, which um, I, I don't know where I read it now, but it was, it was from when he first joined Newcastle, and he was saying about him that he's such a quality player that he can play him in a number of different positions and he'd be really good in them, and that maybe he wasn't even playing him in his best position. I think he was talking that his best position might be kind of a... I don't know, like the number 10, if you like, something like that. But he, he played him in a few and he said it's because he's such good quality that he can play him in any of those positions. And I think 
that if that's true, and obviously I, I do respect a lot of what Rapper says, but whether he meant that is another thing because you always say good things about your players, don't you? To see if you can get something out of them. Even Balotelli said compliments from managers in the past. Um, <laughs> but you, I, I think if that's if that's true, that's the kind of player we want because we don't we we want to have that kind of flexibility, not just not just sort of before a game when you're picking your side, but during a game as well when you need to change things around a bit or you know just just to move players around a little bit because a few players that can kind of play. In those front positions, you know, we've all those front positions, and what we don't want is a kind of jack of all trades. He's, he's a master of none of them, but we want we want players that, that can move around. For suspensions, we need to change things tactically. We've got those options, and so without seeing that's the thing that intrigued me the most was that you know someone like Rafa saying he's really good in a number of positions. Yeah, no, fair point, fair point. The one thing I would say, but not what I was trying to say about the Mane thing, like you're going from Guts to Mane. And he was yeah. saying that, that does make sense. But if you went from Gutsu to Wijnaldum, in terms of style of players, you can see the similarities. So to me, it says that we were, we've were we been going for this type of player from the from the start of the transfer window, that they were probably lining up to play. If, if we didn't get Gutsu, who was next on the list in terms of our, and who was gettable, <clears throat> they've looked around, they've seen Wijnaldum as being a similar style of player, and they're going for him. Mane was a separate deal. If you remember back to Christmas, there was talk of that Klopp wanted to bring in a wide forward. Yeah, and Mane fits the wide forward bill in terms of where he wants them to play out wide, cutting in, scoring goals from there. So, <clears throat> going back to the earlier point, like it just, it, there just seems to be a constant strain of logic in what he, the style of players we're trying Traffling, to say. Isn't it? I don't understand I, this. I've never seen because normally this we're sitting here and it's just the randomness. Yeah. It's just the randomness. The random transfer who do we generator. Sign, who do we sign this week? <laughs> Sweeper. So we're signing uh, Edwin van der Sar for left wing. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's go again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much been our strategy for a few years now. So, yeah, uh, yeah fair point. So, yeah, just I'm confused. So, so we have the uh, we have the US tour coming up now. Um, I suppose it is the usual. It's the big commercial arm of what we want to do this summer, isn't it? Get us out there, you know, drive more commercial interest. I'm sure that's that's a part of it, and and they're going to try and use their partnerships with other brands and whatever else over there. To, I always to make see. It the, I always see. The American trip as the as the sort of like um, showing your balls out from yeah. FSG. Yeah, here's my club. This is this is our football team. We have the Red Sox and we have. It's like bringing your new hop the other to things the we have to meet that, your mates. <laughs> yeah. It's like we have the other things that have cars and a game. Because yeah. that's all I can remember now at the moment. <laughs> and this is Liverpool Football Club. And all those teams, all those football teams you're watching coming around, touring around us in the summer this year, this is our version of them. And yeah. blah, 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 blah. Thank, thank God the Red Sox are decent. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the Eastern, the Far East tours always are always seem to be a lot more commercial. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. but that, uh... Because like, no matter what football do, it's never going to be as big as it will be, say, in China and stuff like that, because there just isn't as many people in America. Well, it's not just that, but their, their passion... They don't always, give a shit. Their, yeah, their first passion is always going to be for their home sports. And, that's and guns. So, yeah, and guns, yeah. They, <laughs> they love they guns. They are partial <laughs> to firearms. They do love guns. I was listening to the news this morning, and they had this guy on from the NRA. Oh, like, Did you hear him? The guy that says, yeah. Yeah, you should be armed. Yeah. You can carry a gun, but you can't carry, carry a, a cop. cop. <laughs> 
Story, you get attacked, you can't carry a cop around your bag. Yeah. What? It was like Sh- Sean and Murray from, from one of our news stations, Jim, was over there. You know, because obviously the, the, the terrible shootings that had happened yesterday. And uh, she was just trying to have like some normal semblance of a conversation. And this crazy... He was the NRA crazy, rep at, yeah. the Trump par- at the Trump team prior right. to the Republican convention tonight. Yeah. So. You can carry a gun, you can't carry a gun, but you can't carry a cop. There's a lesson for his kids. <laughs> the rest of the world is playing Pokemon Go. They're all playing Call yeah. of Duty. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> I've never witnessed a more sad thing in my life as so this Pokemon we, Go thing. We are talking about, I suppose, Sorry, the, the tour. No, but we're talking about the tour, but we're also talking about Who would be the first Liverpool player to go around looking for Pokemon Go on, on the football pitch? Moreno. Give it Moreno. Enrique. Enrique has to show back up, is not he? <laughs> 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 Enrique walking around on <laughs> Walking around with his phone. Eh? No, he won't be walking. Pikachu. <laughs> He'd be on his hoverboard. <laughs> He would be stoked at home. He'd be throwing pokeballs at Glenn Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna catch him. <laughs> I, you know what worries me? The fact that you even know what the basis of that game is, Paul Brennan. You, you walk ha- around. You play it, don't you? No, I do. Yes, yeah, you, you I do. Certainly don't. You animal. Um, so we ran a poll there. Actually, Neil, Neil ran a poll for us just an hour before the pod kicked off, and the question was: um, Which poke Do you feel? Do you feel with the signings that we've signed? So, so far, uh, do you feel there's enough to turn us into a top four team? And um, we got just shy of 600 votes in the hours. Five nine nine, sixty one percent said no, thirty nine percent said yes. So that's interesting. Nearly two percent said no, thirty nine percent. Nearly two thirds yes. of our uh, voters there don't. Did we not feel, put a don't know option in? No, we wanted a, ye- a yes or no, and uh, the don't knows always wreck. Polls. I know. They're poll records. I, I, wish we, I, wish, I wish you'd had some don't know votes on this referendum over here. <laughs> it would have been about 87%, you. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Jim. We're making use of Tordy Tord County, supposedly, so yeah. you're all sorted. We're parachuting in a load of passports. Don't worry. We can give them to the sheiks and everything. It's just it's, it's a freebie. So, so that's nearly two thirds of our fans don't feel that the signings we've made thus far could turn us into a top 14. Hmm. Well, I, I, I think that's strange. Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. I'd say it's interesting, but I think, I think if we were about to embark on a season of European football and the rest of it, I would be more worried. And I think, yeah. I think this is the thing to remember. Is the last time we had a season like this with no European football, we did come second in the league with Brendan Rodgers in charge. I know we had Suarez and I know we had, you know, there were other things different that season to this, but the, the lack of games, the, the way you get most weeks, you're going to get a full week to recover. And, and if you're not, it's probably because it's a League Cup game where you can switch things around a bit anyway. <laughs> that, that's a massive advantage that... The other teams maybe haven't got. The other teams that are in front of us for a top four place haven't got. So I just hope we can take advantage of that. And I think, I think to, to me, if I, if I was Klopp, I wouldn't necessarily be diving out for new players now. I'd be looking at players ready for next summer as well. Because, you know, you need to get in the Champions League. But some of the players you want for the Champions League aren't going to come this season. Absolutely. You know, you know. That that's one of the things I've said, Jim. I I, I think I, I've said for a little while now that I think we might actually have a, a net profit at the end of this summer in terms of our transfer business, or very close to it. Um, I don't think there's going to be any major outlay, despite the money that's come in, because I think Klopp is nearly backing himself 
to you know for, this is a man that has huge expectations on himself he's not a spoofer he's in here expecting to be able to get Liverpool to challenge for the league and I think his minimum expectation this season would be to, to manage to achieve top four especially with no <coughs> European football and I think maybe he's looking at building a squad, much like you would if you if you were in the championship. You would look to build a squad that's capable of getting you up into the premiership and then you tweak that squad to keep you in the premiership. I think he's looking at a squad that can help us to qualify for the Champions League. And then I think that's when someone like Jurgen Klopp is in a position to be able to use his influence to bring in players as well. <clears throat> the, the Klopp effect, so, so to speak. I think it's very difficult unless you're throwing mad money at mercenaries for us to get players in this summer to, to, to really, you know, from that first tier. So I think he's decided, let's go build a squad that's capable of that top three, top four uh, finish. And from that then, let's bring in the marquees next summer. Do you know what my biggest fear is? Oh, overall. That we miss out on top four. <coughs> well, we're not getting top four, but I... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You miserable. <laughs> I, I, look, I don't, I don't think we can. I think, I think we've been... Outside of the year that we came second, we've been continually sixth, seventh, eighth. Yeah. Right? And if you look at how Spurs have built over the last 10 years, they got themselves from sixth, seventh, eighth and became consistently fourth, fifth and sixth. Then fourth and fifth. Then into the top four. And if you think of where we're starting off, we've basically just reversed positions to where sports were seven, eight years ago. So we, we need to we need to establish ourselves first of all back in the top five, six can every year. Then you have a then you can say to yourself, right, we're gonna have a crack at top four this year. We're gonna have a crack at top four and you build and you build and you build and and you build that unit and you build that team. My only worry is I don't see these leaders, these mentally strong players that he's signed. What I do see is another load of players that we're trying to sign, say, from mid-table teams who who traditionally will, things go wrong, they fall off in terms of performance levels and when things are going right, they look great. And that's been, that's been our biggest problem over the last two seasons. I know what you're saying, but like if, if you look at the Chelsea team that, that came to prominence, he had John Terry there. He bought people like Michael Ballack. Mm. Um, people that, you know, Ballack didn't necessarily even play a huge amount of games, but he was the German captain at the time, I think, or, or vice captain, if, if memory serves me right. Like, and he was, a, he was a dominant player in that dressing room. And, who, I, and I do agree with what you're saying who there, is, Who is the player? When I think of like City um, did it with company <coughs> and with Yaya Toure yeah. and with people, they were players. Those that came players in and were dominant forces to drive yeah. on a group of individuals. And even even when when Rodgers had the 13-14 season, Toure came in on a free. Yeah, right. Had just had a history of winning stuff between City and Arsenal and the whole lot, right? And then <coughs> Suarez. We had Suarez. I know Suarez was signed the, the previous year, but like I've never seen a player want to win a match. Ever. I still have never seen a player like him who wants to win every single match that he sets foot on the pitch. Yeah. But even a 70% of Suarez or a 50% of Suarez, who is that player going to be for us this year? Because it's that will to win and that desire to win and refusing to accept the loss, which has been our biggest problem because players have just accepted losses. When I look at Henderson, when I look at Milner, when I look at Allen, when I look at Moreno, when I look at Sacco, when I look at all the lads that have been there, Mignolet, Right, yeah. soon as their heads go too quickly in terms of losing goals. So if we lose a goal, I've I've never seen that team lose one goal and then stop the rot and just come back and bang. Oh, we did last season, I think. We uh, did it a few times, but I want to talk about <coughs> was when when the pressure is on, not not when not when there's no pressure on you. I'm talking about when the real pressure is on you to say, 
you know, I, I think that's harsh. I think <coughs> there was major pressure on them in the Dortmund game. No, you know well, I mean? on, on top of the league, forget the Dortmund. We had had we put six more, seven put more points on the board last year, we would have been top four. I, I understand that, and, and, and we had those games to to win. And I and I think if you look at the way Klopp approached those last six or seven games, um, the points were definitely there to be got. You know, uh, we gave it, up winning positions all the time. Yeah, we we did, we did with, with fringe players though, not with our first eleven. You know, they were the Swansea game, the the probably the Southampton game was the only one that you would say our full strength side was out in the last whatever it was eight or ten games that actually capitulated. Other than that, we were very much in in. Well, there is, there is, uh, but I'm just saying, to, I just, just want to look at it. It's just I I, I look at where's where are these winners. Um, I know what you're saying. No, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Yeah, so I don't, I don't so want to be I. right. So am I. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be right. Yeah, but well, a, a big part of it was always going to be <coughs> Klopp's effect on the players, though. It was always going to be, a, you know, a case of trying to get more out of kind of lesser players to to play catch up with the team. So I like uh, on one hand, I'm kind of I'm always bitching about like how we're not we're not signing many kind of really ready made stars, but like it was always really going to be like that under Klopp. Like so, you have to accept that it's it's not going to be established kind of monsters coming in. It it is going to be him trying to mould the player, the, like you know the kind of to develop a, players, to develop yeah. a mental strength as well in the players. Yeah. I think that's what he's he's going to probably try and use this summer to do. You know, this is his first chance to work with the group relentlessly, and he hasn't had that wherever. You know what I mean? Like, but but I'm just saying, you know, Huddersfield, not just not just not just in the summer, but I mean during the season, he has that chance to work with them properly and mm. have three, four, five days between games where he can. Just set out and decide, right, this is what we're going to do. This is how I want us to implement it. And bang, again and again and again, work on that. I saw Wembley from, from the air last week. I was very impressed with it. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> um, and like, never like Jim said about the, you know, not playing in Europe. Like, ADD so. Casey here beside me. <laughs> I like crayons. <laughs> I've got some up my nose. <laughs> no, I did. I, I was, I was cause, uh, Have you never been in the new Wembley? No, I've never oh, been okay, there. Okay, okay. So oh, like, yeah, I, actually, I actually thought the Emirates was Wembley first right. when I flew in because we're flying. To, you, know, the way you can sometimes come down the yeah. Thames like the East Enders, the opening of East Enders. Yeah, <laughs> they play that on the plane. I know they, they do. Yeah, <laughs> and then they hang a right just at the shard and then come back on itself. And then you get to see all the football stadiums when you just saw it. So when I was going like the Emirates, I was like, "Where's that stupid arch that they have over Wembley?" I was like, "All oh, right, that's not Wembley. That's not Wembley." Yeah, the big because, Arsenal sign gave it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Thierry, um, the, the the statue of Thierry Henry, which is taken down now because him and Wenger don't like each other anymore. There we go. Yeah. So we've the because you wouldn't lads, the punditry. with the English lads and the Belgians back and a couple of others this week. What what's the thoughts? Are we looking forward to seeing them back in action? Well, I'm not looking forward to seeing Minule back in action or Milner. I'll put it, say that straight. I'd, I'd never want to see them back in action again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what about you, Jim? Um, yeah, looking for. I mean, Joe Allen is one of those players, isn't he? If we could get him to play like he did in his first few <clears> games for Wales in the Euros, you'd be glad to see him back and keeping his place. But then you always get that game like his last game for Wales in the Euros, and you think, you know, which Joe Allen are you going to get? And I think, but at least he, I do think at least you get good games with Joe Allen. And I think you just mentioned Milner, and I think. Yeah, he, he doesn't have that many good games. Does he? he has occasional good moments in games, but he never has good games. And Henderson, um, what, 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 I'm, what I'm sort of roundabout coming to say is we're, we need the Graeme Sooners to come back, the, the Graeme Sooners to play. We've not got that player to come back. And it's just what you were saying about the will to win. Liverpool haven't really got to be a genuine captain in the whole squad. Um, no. And I think sometimes when you get to this stage of pre-season, that's who you're looking forward to coming back, that player, that, that winner. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm glad to see the players back, but there's there's none that really 
jump out at you in that way. There's no, um, there's no nastiness in our squad either, is there? Like, we don't have anybody in that squad with that bit of needle that just wants to win and to, to it's his aim as much to win as it is to piss off the opposition. You know what I mean? Just just to yeah. to wind them up and get at them. And we we don't we are too nice. Still we're too nice. You know what I mean? You look at our entire squad, who would you say is, you know, gonna give a fella a flick in the balls or Lallana. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. He is though. <laughs> but he's like is is the, the crappiest, crappiest but you can't take him seriously. Exactly. He's the crappy <laughs> crappiest Scorpius bloke ever on the pitch. Like he comes in, he's, he's, he's he always goes to the biggest player to try starting him and the biggest player just laughs. Yeah. <laughs> he's going, yeah right. Mo, now they've seen him on that Nivea advert when he's had the shape. Yeah, he looks ridiculous without <laughs> like he has a shit beard, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I can clearly see why he's grown the shit beard because he looks <laughs> even more ridiculous when he's shaving. Um you know, but we don't we don't have that. And 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 that's one thing that maybe hasn't been maybe yeah. Maybe Grujic. We we don't know, but we're talking about a 20, 21 year old young lad. You know, we, we don't have that experienced pro to come in who has that bit of needle about them. Unlike me to make a match out about put, just putting straight in. Yeah, but well, uh, like I saw forty five <coughs> minutes of him, and he's basically the new Vieira. So I would want him mm-hmm. to start as well. He's basically the best, the best centre mid in the league. I think. And Ajari is the new Pogba. Yeah. So if we play Grujic and Ajaria in it's the States like we've got Vieira Pogba and Vieira and then yeah. we've Emre Chan who's the Kaiser. Yeah. Oh, we're actually going to win the league. Forget that. We're not coming <laughs> change, from top four. We're not coming <laughs> top four. We're, we're winning the league. Right. So. And then Cock Woodbourne the fellow up front. Not a bother to him. What did you, huh? What did you call him? Cock Woodbourne. I don't know. Ben Woodbourne. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just was looking at him yesterday that that, that just kept going round and round in my head. Cock would burn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it would. <laughs> well, you you have contributed valuably tonight. I'm delighted you came in for the second half of this. Um, right, so we move on to uh, some tripper chat. So the first one, I, I think we've already... Uh, Carlo Donovan asks, uh, Carl underscore O underscore D asks, uh, who's impressed during pre-season? Also thoughts on Clavin and Wijnaldum. I think, I, to be honest, Carl, I think we've covered most of that in the pod so far. Um, we've had a chat about who we've liked so far and the lads coming in. We've we've explained how none of us know who Clavin is, and anybody who's pretending to is a liar. Clavin um, and Wijnaldum, yeah, you know what I mean. I think I don't think anybody will be losing their shit if if we sign him, but I don't. Think I don't. I, I think if he comes in. He's going to be one of those signings that might actually do very well for us because nobody's going to expect him to pull up the and Maxi Rodriguez. Yeah. Like, so, although Maxi was only, was only a million quid. I know, but let's forget about the fee. I'm talking about something that not an awful lot is expected of and, and in the end he delivers. Yeah. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, here's Alex uh, Baralio. Um Sorry, Barilaro. I'm a dyslexic Very tonight. good, very good, um, very good. He asks, uh, it's not his, but apparently yeah, he, it's a classic. You're normally uh, so eloquent enough. What's worse, sleeping with a long-lost sister or sleeping with a man you thought was a woman? Paul? Yeah. So, yeah, either of them. Either. They're both bad. What's yeah. worse? <laughs> what's worse, yeah. Well, sleeping with a long-lost sister. That's worse? Yeah. Why is it, though? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Think about Let's it. Let's move on then. 
There's like, there's all, there's I all. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Steve would have loved Dave Thomas, he'll love that question. <laughs> <laughs> a question to our Welsh listeners. <laughs> so, sleeping with your sisters. <laughs> this is a common complaint in Wales. So. <laughs> um, uh, what's he? Sorry, toaster or kettle? Which is the superior kitchen appliance? Um, toaster. I don't like tea or coffee or anything, so the kettle could fuck off like toaster, I'd say. I'm with you on this, Paul. I'm not a fan of hot drinks. Yeah, the shit. Yeah. Whatever about hot drinks, like the kettle does, though, boil water. And boiled water comes in, like you can use it for many things as opposed so to just hot drinks. Pot. Yeah, it takes longer to boil them. Fair point. So if you want to... You, wa- you, can't, you can't do a pot noodle in a toaster. Yeah. Never try cook a stew in a kettle either. That's my piece of advice. <laughs> you can cook pasta though, but you have to keep your finger on the button for ages. <laughs> you can't let your, it pop your toaster up. will only ever cook pasta once. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the record. So if it's a choice of dying or cooking pasta in your toaster, maybe do that. Otherwise, get a fucking pot. Um, okay. okay. I think a toaster. Yeah, a toaster's good, but like a definitely a, maybe just just air in the side of the kettle. Yeah. Um, Andrew Pavi interesting um, asks can you create a better intro than the first one last year well we'll have to wait and see because the first one was was about Lovren and Lalana so we have to see who we hate that's going to start this year's match <laughs> okay so so technically to us this isn't our first one yet because this, this is the first this, pre-season yeah, pod so this one will have PS1 on it right okay okay yeah. Right. Was last last week not the first preseason pod? No, that was the last Euro Trippers. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not get the naming conventions? Paul's oh, love for the podcast <laughs> is outstanding. Immense. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm trying to see if we have any other Tripper chats in this season. Steve, a question. Do you have one of those steam ups? Uh, steam mops, no. I have a steamer. I have a clothes steamer. I don't have Do a steam you? mop. Yeah, they're brilliant. I was thinking of getting one that was like the... They're meant to be very good, the steam mops. I just don't have one. Yeah. It's because I'm lazy and couldn't be arse mopping most of the time. Um, but I have one of the steamers for clothes. So literally the only time I iron now is if I have a meeting and I have to wear like a, a crisp shirt. Other than that, the old steamer. Just take the steamer out and just run them over the garments. Yeah, any t-shirts, any stuff like that. Literally, it, the creases fall out in about 20 seconds. They're brilliant. Yeah. I was go. thinking of getting one. I was like, look, but now I do have a problem with... with that's not advertising tele advertising. Yeah, because I do get drawn in by the advertising. Like JML products. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I'll sit there. You know when you turn them on in the morning, and all of a sudden you realise you've been watching them for an hour. Yeah. And it's like and it's three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, you turn them on at half ten. You spend four and a half hours of your life or four, yeah, you know it's, it's yeah. It's like and you look at them and you actually think when you're watching it, Jesus, that's a fucking great idea. It's it's why those QVC is a multi billion dollar industry. Yeah, Jim, what's your thoughts on uh, irons and steamers and steam mops? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a very lucky man that I have someone else to do that ah, for me. Uh, you are a lucky man. You are a lucky yeah, man. Yeah, because when, when it comes to ironing, it's just catastrophe with me. Yeah. Um, just, I just don't understand it. No, I don't. no just, <laughs> just turn the tumble dryer up to the, you know, the highest heat. To iron. That, that, iron that's, the that's iron setting. Iron that is. <laughs> my, my missus just does not do, she, she hates ironing herself, so she's not doing any of my ironing for me. Eh. Washing and ironing just don't get done by her. I have to do my own. It's that simple. Since I removed myself to the man cave, I found myself doing all types of chores. Very yeah. deme- a domestic goddess. I am actually. I bought an apron there recently as well. I was actually, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you brought an apron? Yeah. I have an apron. 
I, I didn't buy it myself admittedly it was given to me no I was I was there in the kitchen way. one day cooking and I was told, told, told Jesus I'm sick of getting splatters all over me I, do you know what an apron would be a handy like thing how messy me. are you like do you treat cooking as messy play do you no but like there's, there's, there's sauces and stuff going everywhere yeah or sometimes it can just be handy if, if, if you're whisking if your hands are if a little bit on your hands just give it to now wiping the yeah. apron it's alright just throw <laughs> that in the washing machine start doing that with your shirt then shit doesn't Hello? go well that's alright Paul you just take a call you just take a call there Paul Hello? Is it a comedy apron? <laughs> like, with a big willy hanging out the front of it? <laughs> Just don't wipe your hands I on. tell people it is, Jim, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh no, this is a comedy apron. That's not Jim. a very big novelty, will it? <laughs> it's, it's average comedy. I don't want to be work. Yeah, I don't want to be too funny. It's very cold in this kitchen. Very cold. Um, okay, I think that's um, us, uh, I think that's just done on Tripper Chats. One thing I did learn la- last night when I was cooking was you know the way when you get peppers under your fingernails. Yeah. They can it can and hold, an itchy arse. No, but it can come back and surprise you in all types of ways that you weren't oh, expecting. Like three hours later when you get an itchy eye. Like yeah. that is the killer. You touch your eye and next minute it's on fire. Yeah. But the one that killed me yesterday was I didn't realise I sort of rubbed my forehead. And next minute I had a crown of pepper burn going around the edge of my hair. And it was like it was like literally somebody who just put a ring of fire across the top of your head. I was like, this is the weirdest feeling ever. I was making dinner the other night and I didn't realise that the missus had changed out the normal chili flakes for habanero chili flakes. Oh nice. And I put in three teaspoons of habanero chili flakes and <laughs> What happened when I first tasted that dish was not an enjoyable experience. It was fucking horrendous. I killed myself with them. Have you only bring the pain sauce left? Yeah, I have a bit left. James. Where's my bottle? Sorry, man, I'm using it. What a prick. It took, Jim, it, it took he me. bought me a bottle of sauce and told me for about eight weeks that he had it for me. Every time he never brought it with him and I've just asked him where it is now and he said he's fucking eating it. No, I haven't eaten uh, it. I'm no, using it at the moment. It all then you are himself. eating it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's why you had to get the apron. <laughs> but the first night I used that, I was like, eating no fill. I was like, oh, it's really hot. It's really hot. And I was coming, like, I was putting it in the press. And I was like, how hot can this be? He spoofed it. I put, put a couple of drops on my, my finger and put it in my mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> Up until about two o'clock in the morning, just going. <laughs> 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 it's lethal stuff bring the, bring the pain if anyone's out there listen get into Little. there might be only a couple left into the barbecue bit bring the pain and Little definitely aren't paying us for this, for this <laughs> definitely <laughs> maybe, not maybe Monster Gadgets might want to get some bring the pain sauce in if they want <laughs> but like, if, if they don't then you can always go to Little. in time can't beat the old funky admin it's time to bring it back alright So, uh, big thanks as ever to the Astro Park for looking after us. www.astropark.ie In this fine weather, get your ass on out there, play a game of football, lose a bit of weight, you'll be grand for you, look great on the beach. Also, as we said, once the gadgets continue its association with the show, grows on and they've got more discounts for you. Get over there for two-for-one specials, free postage, all that type of stuff. Use the discount code, get your 10% off. The Android boxes, the satellite boxes, the smart watches. You know you want it. Get on over to it. And make sure they, they look after you when you get over there. Great customer service. Yeah. <laughs> 
So what's left? Yeah, we're back anyway. So we're back with the shows. Another one next week was the tour kicks off. Um, big huge thanks to Jim Boardman for coming back on tonight. We haven't had him on in a while. We're going to be doing a few Skypey calls again since we're back out on our own um, and getting the lads in. It's great having Jim on tonight. We love we love Jim. He's deadly. Um, and of course, big shout to Steve for hosting the pod and hosting so eloquently, even if he did forget words at times. Um, and also another big shout to Paul Brennan, the principal to Paul Brennan. Um, what a head! What a head! Some head. And then, of course, it was myself, Phil. I just popped in the middle of it just to say how he is. Just put another voice in and just throw some randomness in. So anyway, that's the pod for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you keep listening. Because if you don't, I know where you live. Oh, yeah, I do. And I'll come over and I'll sort it out. I'll make you sit down and I'll make you listen to it. Good night, God bless. Remember that this part is not <laughs> Yeah. Also, be the, also, also remember to edit out the part where your mother's ringing five times. And I'm going, will you ever fuck off? Because every time I put Jim on hold on Skype, so I had to pick it back up and go, sorry, Jim, just, well, I think we've that sort. And she'd ring again. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Can I get him to call you back in a few no, minutes? No, this is it. Phil's mom. mom. Yeah, yeah, no problem. He, he's on the other phone. He's on the other, he is on the other phone at the minute. Yeah, if you want to give him a call on that, he should be able to pick it up. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.